welcome to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia, the publisher of Seeking Rents, where we investigate all the ways that businesses influence public policy in Florida, from the office of Governor Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature to local city councils and county commissions. The name Seeking Rents comes from a term in economics called rent-seeking. And rent-seeking refers to when big business and others with political influence use that influence to shape laws and regulations in a way that help them make more money for themselves at the expense of someone else. This is episode 11, and we're going to be talking today about one of the clearest examples of rent-seeking in all of Florida politics, the way big tourism businesses led by Disney World, Universal Studios, and a few big hotel owners, and billionaire professional sports team owners have twisted state law in a way that forces residents in Orlando to spend billions of dollars on subsidies for the tourism and sports industries. This is incredibly timely, too, because there's a big battle brewing in Orlando right now, where tourism lobbyists and pro sports boosters are trying to lock down even more subsidies for themselves. But there also appears to be, for the first time in my 20-plus years of living in Central Florida, growing resistance to this idea and a willingness to say no to the tourism bosses and sports billionaires and to start focusing on helping everyday workers and families instead. But before we get to that, a couple of housekeeping notes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Seeking Rents so you can have our newsletters and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. You can find us at SeekingRentsFL.com. Subscriptions are free, but you can also choose to buy one for as little as $5 a month. Please consider doing so because the money we get from subscriptions helps us cover the cost of things like public records requests from the DeSantis administration, from the Florida legislature, and from other state and local agencies. And those records requests help us uncover more rent-seeking in Florida. And these are public records, so I will share these records with the public, including other journalists. If you see something in one of our stories and would like access to the underlying records, please reach out at any time. My contact information will be in the show notes. Okay, on, on to this week's show. So if you've ever vacationed in Orlando, you may have noticed the extra 6% tax that got tacked onto your hotel bill at the end of your stay. This is known as the tourist development tax, though most people just call it the hotel tax or bed tax. Florida has 67 counties, and most of them charge a hotel tax, which gets applied to pretty much every short-term rental, whether it's a hotel room, an RV pad, or an Airbnb home. You'll even pay the hotel tax on an apartment if you rent the place for less than six months. Orlando is in Orange County, where, like I said, the hotel tax rate is 6%. This can really add up. Spend a week in a $150 a night hotel, and you're going to end up paying more than $60 in hotel taxes. As you can probably guess, the hotel tax generates an enormous amount of money in Orange County, which is home to Disney and Universal, and literally hundreds of smaller attractions including SeaWorld, which somehow is still in business. Last year alone, Orange County collected $336 million in hotel taxes. That's one-third of a billion dollars. It's more than any other county in Florida raises from this tax. Some counties spend their hotel taxes on public safety, like police officers, paramedics, and lifeguards. Some counties spend it on environmental preservation. At least one county spends some of its hotel taxes on affordable housing. But Orange County, which again has more hotel taxes to spend than anyone, doesn't do any of that. Instead, Orange County gives all its money to tourism bosses and sports billionaires. Okay, so that's a bit of an exaggeration, 
but sadly, it's not much of one. Consider this. Last year, after setting aside money for reserves, Orange County spent about $250 million in hotel taxes. And 90% of that money went to just three places. Advertising for the tourism industry, a giant convention center that serves the tourism industry, and an arena for the Orlando Magic, the professional basketball team owned by the billionaire DeVos family. Orlando is in the middle of an affordable housing and homelessness crisis right now. Highways are clogged every morning and every night, and we have no idea how we're going to continue funding what is an already inadequate network of buses and trains. Springs are drying up, and we're facing a long-term shortage of drinking water, too. The hundreds of thousands of tourists who come to Orlando every, on any given day obviously contribute to these problems, and yet Orange County isn't using a single dime of its hotel taxes to address any of this. Instead, we're paying for advertising that Disney would do itself if we didn't do it for them, expanding a convention center that is quite literally the size of the U.S. Pentagon and helping the DeVos family make more money on its investment in an NBA team. Why? Because of rent-seeking. I'll explain that more in a bit, but first let's just go back in time for a second to the mid-1970s, shortly after Walt Disney World opened and when Florida decided to start taxing hotels. If you talk to a tourism lobbyist, they'll tell you that tourism leaders in Florida basically volunteered to be taxed as a way to raise money to pay for tourism promotion that would help the entire industry grow. And they did so based on a promise from Florida's elected leaders that they wouldn't suddenly start spending this tax money on something else instead. It's a nice story. It's also fiction. The real reason Florida started taxing hotels is just that a bunch of business leaders in Daytona Beach wanted to build a convention center, but they didn't want to tax their own voters to pay for it. They wanted to tax tourists instead. Then one of those business leaders, a guy by the name of Hyatt Brown, became speaker of the Florida House of Representatives, which is one of the most powerful positions in all of state government. And Hyatt Brown muscled a bill through the Florida legislature, creating a new hotel tax that counties could use to fund convention centers. The original law did let counties spend some of their new hotel taxes on tourism advertising, too, but that was just a sweetener to buy down opposition from some tourism businesses. And the tourism industry got on board with the bill, not because of some selfless willingness to tax itself in support of the greater good, but because a hotel tax was coming whether they liked it or not. Even if Hyatt Brown hadn't come along, other state leaders, including then-Governor Reuben Askew, were also talking about taxing hotels. And who knows what they might have spent the money on. In fact, the big fight at the time was whether to let Florida's coastal counties spend some of this new revenue source, keeping their beaches filled with sand. Hyatt Brown refused to let that happen, but not because this tax was somehow reserved for direct tourism promotion, but because he just wanted to be sure that Daytona Beach would have enough money to build its convention center first. And sure enough, a few years later, lawmakers expanded the law to let counties spend hotel taxes on beach renourishment too. And the legislature has continued to let counties spend their hotel taxes on a wider variety of things ever since. They've expanded this law at least 20 times already. This is how, by the way, a few team-owning billionaires like the DeVosses have been able to get some hotel taxes for their arenas and stadiums. But something else keeps happening, too. While other communities around the state keep winning the right to do more with their hotel taxes, Orlando keeps getting screwed. Pretty much every time the Florida legislature passes a new law that lets counties spend their hotel taxes in some new way, especially when it's for a genuinely important community need like public safety or transportation, 
tourism lobbyists and state lawmakers collude to sneak some provision into the bill that prevents Orlando from taking advantage of it. That's why, even as some other places around Florida are spending their hotel taxes in ways that help local residents, Orlando keeps giving all its money to tourism and sports. I'll give you a couple of examples. About a decade ago, leaders in Okaloosa County, one of those white sand beach counties in the Florida panhandle, began lobbying for permission to spend hotel taxes on public safety services like police, paramedics, and lifeguards. It made all the sense in the world. Tourists call 911 too, after all. And public safety budgets get stretched to the point of busting during busy tourism periods like spring break or the summer. Tourism lobbyists fought this idea, of course. But Okaloosa County eventually got a bill passed in 2015 to change the state's hotel tax law. But that only happened after the bill was rewritten to exclude bigger and inland counties, like Orange County. So, hotel taxes can pay for police in Fort Walton Beach, but not in Orlando. Instead, in Orlando, local taxpayers have to foot the entire public safety bill themselves, mostly through property taxes. How on earth does that make sense? That 2015 legislation was sponsored by none other than Matt Gates, who's since become a famously far-right member of Congress. And Gates said the changes in his bill that prevented Orange County from spending hotel taxes on police were made entirely to appease Disney and other big Orlando tourism businesses. Quote, There's a saying in Tallahassee that your bill is dead if it has a rodent problem, Gates told the Orlando Sentinel in 2019. Quote, In the end, I punted for a very parochial outcome. An even sneakier example happened just a few years later. Local leaders in Brevard County, an East Coast community best known as the home of Kennedy Space Center, were looking for ways to pay for new water infrastructure, treatment plants, pipes, that sort of thing, that could help reduce pollution into the Indian River Lagoon, the intercoastal waterway that separates the mainland from the beach. The lagoon is a big draw for tourism in Brevard County, so county leaders lobbied the Florida legislature to pass a bill letting them spend some of their hotel taxes on important public infrastructure that supports tourism. Stuff like those water treatment plants and pipes, but also roads, transit systems, and pedestrian trails. Just like Okaloosa County a few years before it, Brevard County got this bill passed. But at the very last minute, literally in the final week of Florida's two-month legislative session, an extra line was slipped into the legislation. That extra line said the county could only spend hotel taxes on public infrastructure if it first spent at least 40% of its money on tourism promotion. The lawmaker who sponsored this bill, State Representative Randy Fine, a Republican, told me that this change was requested by lobbyists for the Central Florida Hotel and Lodging Association, which is nothing more than a front group for Disney, Universal, and a few other big hoteliers. And these guys didn't pick 40% at random, because right now Orange County spends about 30% of its hotel taxes on tourism advertising. This last-minute change was written specifically to keep the hotel tax handcuffs locked on Orlando. This isn't some victimless issue either. If you live in Orange County, this actually ended up costing you money. Because, as it happens, not long after this law passed, Universal Studios came looking for help from Orange County taxpayers to build, wait for it, a big new infrastructure project. Universal had just announced plans to build a new theme park called Epic Universe on a chunk of undeveloped land that it had recently acquired. But first, Universal needed to build a new road through this property, 
and it wanted Orange County to help foot the bill. Orange County ultimately agreed to give Universal up to $125 million to help pay for this road. And the county could have done this with hotel taxes if it weren't for that last-minute restriction that the hotel association lobbyists sneaked into state law. So Orange County paid Universal with property taxes and impact fees instead, which means those property taxes and impact fees weren't available to spend on things like building new parks, extending sidewalks, or even filling potholes. Okay, so to use a John Oliver transition here, what can we do about this? There are a couple of things. First, for as sneaky and selfish as tourism lobbyists have been over the years, there are some potential loopholes in the state's hotel tax law that Orlando could exploit in order to, for instance, use hotel taxes to pay for an expansion of its commuter rail system. But really, the true answer here comes down to changing state law in a way that clearly and finally lets Orlando invest its hotel taxes in true community needs, things like police, parks, schools, and transit, instead of using it all to pad the profits of businesses like Universal Studios and the Orlando Magic. The good news here is that we know this can be done. We've seen other communities get this law changed. For as much money as the tourism industry in Florida spends on campaign contributions and lobbying, it can be beaten on this issue. But this brings me to another important point here. The status quo we're in right now is not solely the fault of greedy tourism lobbyists or compliant state politicians in Tallahassee. The blame also lies with local elected officials here in Orlando, who have for years stayed silent as the tourism industry fights in Tallahassee to keep Orlando's hands tied. Instead of fighting for their constituents, like leaders in the Panhandle or on the East Coast have done, Central Florida leaders have been happy to sit on the sidelines when it means they get endorsements and campaign contributions from tourism leaders and get to hobnob in Orlando Magic luxury suites. Here's just one example of that. A couple of years ago, leaders in Miami tried to get the hotel tax law changed in order to let counties spend some of their money protecting communities against flooding. Sea level rise is obviously a huge issue in South Florida. But just imagine how much this could have helped Central Florida, too, last year, when some neighborhoods were literally left underwater following Hurricane Ian. Yet while Miami leaders tried to get the law changed, Buddy Dyer, the mayor of Orlando, and Jerry Demings, the mayor of Orange County, refused to even take a position on the issue. They could have joined this battle and maybe even made the difference between winning and losing. But they didn't. But here's some more good news attitudes might finally be changing in Orlando. Hotel tax collections in Orange County have rebounded from the COVID pandemic and have begun to hit new records. So there's a debate playing out locally now about what to do with all this new money. All the usual suspects have already lined up with their hands out. One proposal calls for spending $250 million on more upgrades to the Orlando Magic's arena. Another calls for spending $600 million on yet another expansion of Orange County's convention center, which, like I said before, is already the size of the U.S. freaking Pentagon. And a third would spend a billion dollars on a new baseball stadium. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings recently appointed a citizen task force to evaluate some of these ideas. But fortunately, some of those task force members don't seem interested in settling for the status quo. They're not real excited about dumping even more money into tourism and sports subsidies. And they're not willing to simply roll over and accept a world where Fort Walton Beach can use its hotel taxes to pay for police and Brevard County can use its hotel taxes to build infrastructure, but Orange County blows it all on tourism and sports. 
Here's hoping that these task force members demand that Orange County leaders use every bit of leverage they have under current law to start spending hotel taxes helping the entire community, and that they do everything in their power to get the law changed, too. And you should demand this, too. All of us here in Central Florida should no longer accept local elected officials, whether they serve on the city council, the county commission, or in the state legislature, who are unwilling to stand up on our behalf to tourism bosses and sports billionaires. Because, again, this is a fight that can be won. All we need is people willing to fight. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you're interested in learning more about the history of Florida's hotel tax and the tourism industry's never-ending lobbying campaign to keep all that money for itself, I'll post a few stories I've written over the years in the show notes. But you should also make sure to check out Orlando Sentinel columnist Scott Maxwell's work on this issue, too. He's been banging this drum for more than two decades now, and he knows hotel taxes better than anyone else in the state. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you've got any feedback on this or any of our other newsletter stories or podcast episodes, And please feel free to suggest any future ideas too. And again, don't forget to subscribe. The easiest way to find us is at seekingrentsfl.com. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon.